Cubs fans, and welcome to another episode of Cubs on Tap. I am your host tonight, without Ron, at Loose on Tap. Please follow him. Uh, at Joey Knows Nothing, that's me, Joey Ricotta. You can see next to my name, teacher and students thriving. That's what it was tonight with the Kyle Hendricks Masterclass performance on the mound. Uh, just dominant, completely dominant, and the, the bats really woke up tonight. And I am with... For the first time in a long time, it feels like we have not been on the mic together. We took some time to talk before for a, a while before hopping on here because we haven't even spoken to each other in that long. So, juice, the juice is loose, my friend. How are you doing? It feels really good to have you back on the mic uh, together, me and you together today. Good, man. Uh, had a little te- technical difficulties, but we got over it. Uh, had some good conversation about things in our lives, which is good. Um, and we're talking about a Cubs uh, series win uh, before they uh, take on the Boston Red Sox, two very uh, historical franchises um, over the weekend, which will be great to uh, watch those two. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a, a good performance overall. Um, I think a lot of growth in the series. And then we saw, uh, like you said, the teacher uh, thrive tonight. Um, with his uh, new catcher toy, which I think uh, we're going to talk about a lot on this show. Um, but yeah, man, it was it's good. It's good to be on the mic with you. It's good to see your face, hear your voice. I know I have from afar while you and Ron are on here, but uh, Ron is off for the night, and uh, he left it to us two schmucks to uh, talk this series win. He left it to us two idiots to try to figure out some technical difficulties, which... Let's just be honest, I am not the person to do that, but uh, I was able to reach out to somebody, our guy Tony here at Tap Sportsnet, uh, and he helped us out. So that's why we're on here. Um, Ron, obviously, is a way better play-by-play guy. I say this every time that I host one of these shows, but it's the truth. Juice, you said it. Kyle Hendricks, his new toy. I mean, he's been working with Jan Gomes this season. He seems to not really be working that well with Wilson Contreras, and this is dating back now, like you mentioned to me off air. Just not, it's not just this season where he hasn't really worked well with Wilson Contreras. Um, he seems locked in. I, I pulled up the numbers from the last outing as well. Um, I'll just go ahead and read those off here before we get to tonight's performance because tonight he was just absolutely on his game just dotting corners mixing speeds had the change up going working going down in the zone the sinker as well um i mean he went what seven and a third innings let's see here well tonight let's just go with tonight actually six innings pitch well seven and a third innings of shutout baseball against the cardinals last time but tonight six innings pitch six hits two runs two earned runs allowed one walk seven k's 15 whiffs and a 36% CSW rate, which is called strikes plus whiff rate. For him, this is four straight starts now with at least six strikeouts, which, I mean, he did have kind of a clunker in between there as far as runs allowed. Those two earned runs outside of the Joey Votto home run. That collision there and then that that throw that was down to third base, which, unfortunately, we'll, we'll talk about Bodie in that situation in a minute, but um, – Really, only one of those should have been earned. I mean, I don't know why. I feel like the Cubs might even go back and do like a, a protest of that scores ruling because if they're if they are trying to trade Kyle Hendricks, which I don't really think they are, but if they are, they're going to want that earned run off his ledger. 
Juice, talk to me, man. Kyle Hendricks tonight was absolutely dominant. Yeah, it's nice to see a guy like that have a sinker going. Um, I will say this, that when Joey Votto finally does retire, Kyle Hendricks will not be a sad man. Uh, I know Boog <laughs> read, uh, read the stats, and, and uh, Joey Votto gets the best Kyle a lot of times. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to see him have the sinker, you know, work inside the zone. And I think, you know, we were talking off air about, you know, him not pitching well to Wilson Contreras. I think a lot of that comes to the fact that Kyle is the type of pitcher that needs strikes bought for him a lot of times. And Wilson has never been the bias strike catcher. He's gotten better at framing. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. He used to be horrible. Um, and he's kind of closed the gap, but he still finds himself at the bottom of the league for most catchers in that stat. He has never been a good framer. He didn't come up, and they mentioned it today. He didn't, you know, come up into this through the system. They converted him from third base to to be a catcher, and that's a that's a skill that I think takes a long time. And it's a guy like Jan Gomes, who's done it a very long time, um, is able to buy strikes for Kyle, and I think that. Having a, a great receiver of, of the ball is much like having a good quarterback that delivers it, right? It's it's the matter of both are on the same page. Both of them are understanding you know, how to receive this pitch so that it's the most likely to be called a strike. And I think that Jan does that for Kyle pretty often. I think we've seen it over the course of these last two starts as well. It's just good to see him pitch well. Because it was it was becoming a real sad occurrence, right? Kyle was going out there and kind of getting shelled, and I never wanted you know that to be like the lasting kind of effect of Kyle. Did you like seeing him struggle after all his success? To me, was like it was just weird, wasn't it? Like that's not him. He's a gamer. He's a guy who is always calm, and I think that like while he's like he's gained a lot of feel for his pitches. And it's not all Jan Gomes buying balls and strikes, trust me. But, like, I just think that it's a combination of comfort. You know, mm. having that ability to to work and be on the same page with the catcher and not shake off, you know, not to say that, like, Wilson Contreras doesn't know what pitch that Kyle wants to throw, but it, it's just a comforting thing. And as a former catcher myself, when you have certain pitchers and, and you had them, that you felt like you knew more of what they were thinking. And I just feel like that combination is in the zone with each other right now. And I'd ride it as long as it could. You know, if, if, if that's somebody that has to be, you know, if, if, if that's his David Ross to John Lester, then, hey, man, like there's plenty worse catchers out there that, you know, are, are way less valuable than Jan Gomes, you know, and, and, and he's yeah. putting together a decent season for a backup catcher, right? But all things considered, if it means that it gets your, your, your ace, your, you know, guy who takes the ball every fifth day, a Cub legend in a lot of ways back on track, then man, he becomes so much more valuable and, and such a great signing for Jed and company, you know, just to, throw another feather in their cap there but yeah man it's fun to watch kyle do his thing i i was just thinking it during the the broadcast and during the kyle hendrix would be like if i couldn't sleep at night that's my cubs version of like the calm app you know what i mean kyle hendrix like 
balls and strike sounds like him hitting the mitt. It's just and a lullaby. It, it is. It's and when he steps out there, it's like he sings his own lullaby symphony, right? Like he, he goes through and it's it's just so calming when he has his stuff. It's like you, you can just sit back and and, and we kind of knew it from the second inning that the Cubs were gonna win that game because you saw Kyle come out in the first and the second and do his thing. And it was like, man, like now they have a six run lead. He's just going to pepper him. You know, he's just going to get him to hit the ball soft on the ground, soft in the air. And from then on, it was like, man, like th- this is just in cruise control mode. And it makes for just a great, like, like I said, just calming way to watch Cubs baseball to the point where like, man, it, not that it's boring, but it's just so soothing, you know? And like, there were times where I, I found myself like, dozing off i'm like man like it's just so fun to like be comfortable you know what i oh, mean yeah. when you're watching a game we don't get that a lot and kyle hendricks does that he makes you feel comfortable when he's got the good stuff because you know he's not going to beat himself and he's going to continue to get good quality hitters out with good quality pitches yeah and that's the thing too like i want to say uh before i keep going i want to say that lebron james is like a sponsor of that call map or whatever i don't know just something I was just <laughs> thinking about, but uh, it, it's almost like you don't need a sponsor to to sell one of those call maps. You just have Kyle Hendricks there, and yeah, man, you said it. You get a big lead like that, you get the bats. I mean, the, if the bats didn't wake you back up, Juice, I don't know what will though, because they were absolutely firing on all cylinders tonight. Uh, just you know, really, I want to shout out here before we keep going though too, uh, Nick Kirby from the Late Night Reds talk podcast i've been on their show a couple of times great guys over there um check out that podcast shout out to them they do great work over there um you know it's kind of like obviously we have the rivalry with the reds but uh you know we go back and forth on twitter quite a bit and talk shit to each other or whatever um so it's always a great time i want to get those guys to chicago and go see a cubs reds game but you know and of course it was against the reds tonight and you know, they're not a great team. We know that. The, the Cubs aren't a great team. So it's not like we could take any real big, like, do a, a parade and do a lap, a victory <laughs> lap of beating the Reds. But, like, it, it is good to see Kyle Hendricks pitch as well as he did now for back-to-back outings. And I think, to me, I, I kind of mentioned it before, and I'll I'll throw Ron in here, too. He's in the chat. Ron Luce, at Luce on tap. Uh, what a fucking Cubs dub, dudes. Uh, yeah, I mean, and he loves Votto. Right. Like we all love Votto, even as Cubs fans. Like I, I think Votto's great. You were talking about him on Twitter tonight, Juice. But um, Hendricks, to me, like I kind of mentioned it, the strikeouts is what's really impressive to me because he's not you normally a guy that'll strike out that many batters. And when you see it for four straight outings now, and then you see the chemistry that it's he seems to be building with Jan Gomes and, you know, the sequencing, you kind of were talking about it the sequencing that Jan Gomes seems to know what pitch to throw at what situation. And he's just locking in more with his control. It seems like, like that pitch to Votto. Yeah, he missed, but he missed a spot and Votto crushed them. He could, it could be a mental thing at this point when, when Votto's yeah. up to bat, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but he absolutely was dialed in from the first inning on. It just seemed that way. And, and you said when they get a lead, like they did tonight with Hendricks on the mound pitching as well as he's pitching. He's just, you just put the call map on. <laughs> you just right? leave you the just game on the background, off. leave the game on the background. That's all the noise that you need to be able to doze off. And it was, 
it was a great night. I mean, what else can we say? A series win, two win over the the Reds, fifteen to seven tonight. Um, the bats, man. Let's get into the bats because I I am dying to talk about Christopher Morels. He was in the nine hole again, five for five performance. The first time a rookie has done that in a Cubs uniform since. Hold on, Juice. Wait for it. Wait for it. Micah Hoffpower. I mean, that's a fucking name right there. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, man, he just went absolutely nuts. And then he had to hit one off the position player, I believe, at the end there. So sorry for I forget who was in the game at that point. But just to just to kind of, you know, tag on to what he did the rest of the game, which he had an incredible night. I've noticed the adjustments that he's been making at the plate. Um, I know that they wanted to mix it up. Ross wanted to mix it up, build the confidence back up by moving him to the nine hole. I wasn't a huge fan of it, to be honest with you, at first. Um, but I, at the same time, I like the first game that he did that. He had a great game at the plate, right? So um, I love what I'm seeing from Morel. A lot of the the breaking ball issues, I think that he's been having. I don't think it's because of chasing. Like I was looking at his, you know, I, I am a kind of a stat cast nerd guy and I like to look at that stuff. Pitchers are just throwing him like here. I got it pulled up right in front of me. Now I was looking at his zones. Pitchers are throwing him in that bottom, like underneath the strike zone, low and away, low and away, or like just away, but lowish, you know, not in the middle, middle yeah. away. They're throwing it there, and it's not that he's like 25 – okay, so here it is. 25% of the pitches are in that section of the plate. No other no other section of the plate, quadrant, or however you want to say it, it it's not even to 10%. They're throwing it to that, that spot of the zone all the time, and it's just a massive difference. But then you look at like swing percentage by zone. He It's only 34%. He doesn't swing – that often low and away at those pitches, but he does miss those pitches. So there's a reason why people are throwing him there. A lot of the struggles, I think he's just missing in the zone and missing, like he's having good at bats though. Still, that's, what's really positive, I guess, about this whole thing. So I'm kind of going on a long rant here, but I guess the my main point is even through his struggles, it wasn't like he was really, really struggling. It was more so to me, that he just cooled down. He wasn't getting the, the major luck. He was striking out, but he wasn't having horrible, horrible at-bats. It was just, yeah, he is a little bit strikeout prone at, at times still. That's that's still he, what he's working on, Juice. What did you think about Morel tonight and uh, anything that I just kind of said there? Yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot with what you said. I think, too, like you talked about them pitching him low and away. I, I always thought that's a mark of a good hitter, you know, the, the fact that, Good. One of the hardest zones to to hit some, a ball real hard is low and away. You know, it's tough to go that other way and stay with it, stay on it, and hit the ball hard. You know, to the right side. I I like what what you put together with the idea that you know he has had good at bats. I think he has. He is so much more strikeout prone than I would like. Yeah. But the, then again, like he's so young that I, I think that that's something that he'll trend in a better direction as he sees more at-bats in the MLB. Like, he'll learn which pitches to jump on to hit harder. You know, in the beginning when he kind of came up, he was jumping at a lot early on in the in the uh, sequences. You know, he was kind of blitzing that first or second pitch, 
you know, maybe flipping that and, and being more selective, you know, kind of got him in a little bit more of a rush and I, in a rut. I felt like he's kind of gone back to blitzing a little bit more. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if there's any stats to back that up, but he did have a few hits where I was like, oh, it's early on in the count, and he was able to put that ball back up the middle. I I have this opinion on, and I know what we, we just put in there with the morale home run was cool, and it was cool to see, but I have this opinion on pitchers, you know, position players pitching, that if, oh, the, boy. if the team is going to throw that out there, they should forfeit their at-bat. They really should. I, I truly think that, like, in the bottom of the eighth and the top of the – there should be a rule that if you're going to throw a position player out there, you're going to forfeit your at-bat and the game's over. I really do. I. It's pretty clear they're not trying to win at that point. So, I mean, everybody, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that anybody really wants to see it either. Sometimes it's fun when you sit and you get to see, you know, uh, Robertson getting at-bat. But but that was like the only situation this yeah. year that we were like, oh, that was cool, you know? Yeah, like, other than that, it's we've seen it so often this year that I think the MLB needs to figure out some type of rule to get rid of it because I, I just – the game is already in hand for one team. What's the point if – an MLB team is just going to punt on their at bat and punt on, you know, a, a real reliever coming in the game. I really, they got to figure that out. I Nick, know that people Nick likes it, but yeah. I, and I know people enjoy it. Trust me. I, I get it. It's sometimes it's fun. I just, what's the point? You know what I mean? I try to in the grand scheme, like nothing. Cause it's not going to like yeah. the game's over, you know, like, right. So. So you're I, kind of watching this, like just keep playing. It's like an exaggerated. You keep extending the game and prolonging it. I think you and Ron said it on a show. You're prolonging it for like guys like us who want to hop on here. We got to wake up and go to work tomorrow. We can't talk about the game afterwards. Like, yeah, and like let's let's be honest. Like we're talking about the morale home run, but like, do those do those runs really mean anything? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like they don't. You know, like. The game was in hand. Yeah, the game was in hand like far before that, you know. And and the things that truly matter, you know, were earlier on in this game. I I do like. I mean, it's cool, I guess. Like, and good for him that you should always take the position player deep. But like, hey man, like the, the MLB's got to figure something out because I I just don't think that that's good for the viewership most of the time. You know, very, very few times do we sit here and we're like, we talked about, you know, Robertson's at bat and we had a good laugh. But other than that, like, I, to me, it's just, but yeah, Morell's really, I'm, I'm glad to see him, you know, fight through it, have some really rough at bats for, you know, a mm-hmm. while there. I mean, he was, he wasn't great. You know, he was kind of struggling and there was a lot of people who were wondering why. But I think that's the mark of a, a hitter that's willing to adjust. And I think that's the hardest thing to do as a young player in the MLB, to meet you know the, the failure and to go, all right, well, what are they doing so that I can flip the script back to my advantages? And I think like by him just kind of peppering some balls through the infield, now they're kind of starting – pitchers are starting to come back to where he likes it because they have to. Of course to. He's, yeah. Yeah. Because he's kind of put it through the infield and realized that you know I can I can just get my single here, pass the baton to whoever's behind me, and you know I don't have to you know drive the ball everywhere because I know if I do that, 
eventually they're just going to, you know, they're, they're going to find a way to, you know, come back into where I like the baseball. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm a big fan of the steps he's kind of taken. Do you think a guy like Nico Horner rubs off on him that way? Like, like potentially is rubbing off on him and making him kind of make those adjustments and just taking the single? Because we saw it from Nico tonight, even against a position player, and I, I think – JD actually mentioned this too. Like, I'm just going to take my single to right field. Like, you know, and, and yes, Horner can obviously hit some bombs too. And I think the power will start to increase. I've been saying that for a while. We all kind of think he's strong enough to do that, but, and he's red hot right now, three for six night for Nico Horner, couple runs, uh, hitting over 500 and like something over his last 30 at bats or something crazy he really started at the beginning of that pittsburgh series yeah, when the started easiest the fly the w i had for this series it was too easy nico horner was red hot on fire and he continued it absolutely man but do you like i guess to kind of swing this back around to morell do you think that he could be kind of rubbing off on and i'm not saying he's the only one because there's a lot of pro hitters in this lineup that even tonight had great line uh great nights at the dish Contreras, hap wisdom Wisdom's more of like the power, all or nothing type, which we didn't even mention him yet. He hit two freaking bombs and really busted this thing open with that grand slam. I always feel like Juice every time we're about to do a show together. It's like, and I feel like a, a rant about Wisdom is coming. Like, what the fuck is Wisdom doing? And he just has this crazy game for whatever reason when we're about to do a podcast. But um, do you think like uh, with back to Horner and Morel? Do you think that could be something there? I think I'm going to go even further than that. I think that Horner Morrell are a, a product of the new, you know, philosophy within the front office. I think that they've talked at length that they wanted to put the ball in play more. They wanted to not play small ball, but make more contact. And I think that there's clearly, there's been a couple of guys on this roster who have taken that to heart. And have definitely, you know, decided to change their approach. And I think that Nico is definitely the example of that. Um, I know when they brought in Madrigal, they thought that that would be, he would be like the teacher of a lot of that. But you know my feelings on Nick Madrigal. I think he's a very average baseball player. And I think that he's just a stopgap. That's just my thought. I hope I'm wrong on that. Because when you trade a guy like Craig Kimbrell, and you hit, you bring that guy back who was a former top five prospect. You hope them for the best. You hope that they succeed. With that said, I do think that it's a matter of the the processes that they've kind of gone through and the changing in the philosophy. And I think that maybe David Ross is that kind of guy in the in the you know the dugout that is teaching this a lot better than the former you know i i do think that the lineup is better suited to to be you know to to take this philosophy on but i think that all of the the cubs farm system has been taught to put the ball in play now right it it's less about launch angle it's less about home runs it's less about you know hitting the ball in the air i think it's a lot more about putting it in play and they've done a good job of kind of switching this roster over, though they haven't had much success. Um, 
they've definitely changed the philosophy within the hitter's room of, of putting it in play. And I think that Morrell is a product of, of listening and being attentive and probably, yes, taking, you know, some notes from guys in that, that clubhouse like Nico Horner, who have had so much success and have done a very good job of uh, putting themselves in that future core. You know, I think that it's been very understated, you know, how great of a season Nico Horner has had and how he is maybe putting himself into one of those pillars that we always talk about that you need to build a, a house with. You know, you're going to need some of these foundation pieces to, to stick, to stay, to get better. And I think uh, Nico Horner should definitely continue to aid Christopher Morrell in any of that. I'm sure that a young, energetic guy like Chris, too, is asking the entire dugout for help. And that's just one, you know, great aspect of this kid. He's not the one that's going to come in and, and and be too big for help. You know, he understands mm-hmm. that the dugout is there to help him, and they've seen it all. And he's a young kid, and he showed it tonight. He, he showed an array of a plate approaches that I think that, you know, he can look at this tape and say, you know, these are how my at-bats need to be each and every night. Now, mind you, the home run came on a position player. But, yeah, when, when you get four hits pitch, before that, I mean. Yeah, but when but when you get your pitch, don't miss it. You know, and I think that that's, that's key. You know, and he had a really nice night, and it's just nice to see him make that adjustment and to continue to to kind of wow at this level for how young he is. And, and he came out of nowhere. We didn't expect him to be this productive, and I hope it continues because he is definitely that kid you like to root for. Absolutely. What's with the uh, – I just got to ask this. What's with the gets on base kind of tugs at the back of the – I haven't really been noticing that that much. I don't know. Is that, is that kind of new? Like, I That was – tonight was the first time that I saw it, but I'm sure that they've done that before. I'm just I, – I, I don't know. You know, I, it's I kinda, it reminds really me of the don't. helmet. Reminds me of the helmet rub. You know, maybe yeah, it's something yeah. that they're all doing. Or the point and the I don't know they they do weird things the thumbs up I like it though like if that's kind of boosting morale there boosting morale uh, we should say like hey I'm all for it dude we didn't even mention the debut of former Cincinnati Reds draft pick Narciso Crook Narciso or is it Narciso or Narciso I keep messing that up back and forth but uh, whatever Narciso not a crook. I think they said on the broadcast. <laughs> I kind of got a little chuckle on that. Kind of like dad jokes, but whatever. Um, dude, he uh, he he was the first at bat. It looked like he was just like I'm swinging first pitch. I'm coming out head hunting. He hit a rocket, but he just grounded to short. Hit a double play. Uh, next time up, I believe that was the double. Was the second at bat. Um, and what did he have? Two, just two for three tonight. I can look it back up here. Um, he really. I mean. He was ready too, Juice. Like this is this is a guy that had a couple of different season-ending injuries when he was in the Reds system, I believe. Uh, then the Reds decided that I, I think they were just like, hey, we don't have a forty-man spot for him. Which, damn, if you would have told them, if you would have said they would have all these injuries in the outfield this season, that yeah, Albert Elmore Jr. Spot. <laughs> earned playing time this season, right? Like Albert Elmore Jr. and, he, and he's been pretty solid for them. For being honest, like Elmore has been. Playing pretty well for them. I mean, their outfield defense is just like 
whoa, what's happening half the time? They try to give the Cubs the game, but uh, and uh, Almora is usually pretty solid defensively, but it's not just him. It's, you know, fam, it's whatever. Um, but Crook, yeah, he was two for three, a run, a ribby. I mean, you see Morrell was fired up when he got that double. He was happy for him. It was cool to see. Um, Velasquez was one for two, a couple ribbies. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from these these young guys, and, and even – P.J. Higgins, he had a good night hitting and then hit one off the uh, position player as well. Um, but going back to uh, Crook, I guess, like, is this a – like, he, he just seemed like he was ready to get the call. And I th- I guess I was just shocked today, Juice, when I got out of work and I put my phone down for, like, two hours, didn't check social media, didn't do anything. I check it when I, like, was getting close to home or something. And I look and I'm like, Crook? Crooks get caught. I mean, like I knew there was a potential that Hayward was getting an IL stint because we were talking about that. But I thought maybe he's just going to get a phantom IL stint or a real IL stint, whatever, whatever it is, whatever the situation is. When Say is ready, right? Which he homered at AAA tonight, first rehab stint. Yeah, that's coming. <laughs> that's coming. That's coming very soon. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm impressed with, uh, with what Crook did in his short little playing time that he got tonight. Yeah, I think uh, anybody but Jason Hayward at this at this moment, right? I think we've we've talked to her blue in the face the fact that we're over the Jason Hayward experiment, and you know, thank you for the speech and you know for all you did for the city. But I'm I'm just out. I'm I'm just I'm yeah. ready for anybody but and give somebody a chance because you're looking at a guy who's had plenty of chances to to latch on and succeed here you know and and maybe mm-hmm. maybe he is a a and change the scenery candidate you know maybe in a different situation he, he could you could find and squeeze you know I, I, ron always talks about you know the the money ball stuff squeeze I the last out of the baseball you know hey, like, i just think i don't know i don't want to cut you off but i just think man what are you going to squeeze out of him? A good glove, a good decent on base. Like he, the power's never coming. Like no. everyone thought the power was coming. It's never coming. And I'm just, I'm with you, man. I'm just at this point. I hate to say it. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm done. And I think a lot of why we're over it is because we see the price tag that's on that is that's attached to Jason Hayward for us. But if you were another ball club and needed a fourth outfielder, there's far worse guys out there. Oh, yeah. that than Jason Hayward, you know, a That's defensive true. replacement, you know, a type of guy who spells at, at all the positions. I mean, he can play all, all three of them and very well, you know, but yeah, I'm with you. I think that, I think we're so over it in Chicago because we've watched it for so long, but you know, the minute that he's DFA or, or sent somewhere, he's going to latch on and he won't get as many at bats and he won't be as important. But he'll be a great clubhouse guy. He'll be a great defensive replacement. You know, he'll be a guy that, you know, if you have a a one run lead, you're you're putting him in right for his defense and and hoping that, you know, a ball is hit there on a tag up and he's the one making the throw because he's that damn good defensively. And he plays maybe the toughest right field in the majors. Wrigley is nearly impossible and he does it very well. To the point where we we don't we take it for granted, but the the bat that's attached to him is just so bad 
that yeah, just... for for four, three or four plate appearances, it's tough for us to watch and love that defense just as much. And the the hard part too is, you know, I I hate that David Ross came out and said, "Oh, it's a respect thing at this point." Well, that, that's what I kind of thought, and it's like, why why say that though? Why say that? It's but it's almost like, man, like everybody in that clubhouse at this point knows, you know, the that it's limited time here now, you know, so you might as well rip the bandaid off and give the guy a decent chance somewhere else. Or, you know, maybe they're just waiting for the trade deadline and seeing if there's a a sucker that will, you know, send you back a, a player to be named later, some cash, and you eat most of the contract. You know, like, hey, who knows? I don't know. I just – Desperate teams. I mean, I always go back. Didn't the Cubs trade Milton Bradley? I mean, that was – so long that was ago, bad. That was bad. I mean, he was a clubhouse cancer and was hitting like 200. Um, Jason Hayward at least plays a good right field and isn't a cancer. So yeah, and I don't know if that's true. Maybe they maybe they just DFA'd him like like I thought, but I I could swear that they found a trade partner for him. And I mean, even what was the the third baseman that the Cubs got back from the Rockies? Uh, Ian oh, Stewart. Ian Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Ian I mean. Stewart. The guy was horrible, and the Cubs made a trade for him. You know, like there are teams out there that will do whatever they got to do to bring in some guy if they need it on the roster. They Maybe did the trade. Cubs are just praying for that. Yeah, they got Carlos Silva out of that. Silva actually so, was probably better than Milton Bradley. <laughs> like he was not yeah. ter- so, terrible. So I mean, it's a matter of uh, of finding the right trade partner, and. Maybe they haven't yet, and they probably won't. But you might as well hold on and hope. At this point, you can DF, you can, you know, phantom injury him for for a while here, and and then once it gets to the trade deadline, activate him for maybe a game or two, and see if you can trade him. And if you can't, then let him go because at this point, there's just far too many guys at AAA and throughout the system that I would rather have a look at in the second half of the season. Then three more back for Jason Hayward. Absolutely, and and that's the thing too. Like you you mentioned his defense. I think the leadership aspect of this is like the main, like the loyalty and the leadership aspect. Like really is a thing in the clubhouse, right? We don't know how the clubhouse works. We're not in there. So anybody that's speculating online, like what does the leadership actually mean? Well, you don't know what he carries, like what kind of a big stick he's swinging in that clubhouse, right? Like, right. like this dude's probably very good with the young players. I mean, it's evident that he's good with just about anybody. I've never heard a bad word about him as far as a teammate goes. Never, ever. And you talk about defense. That's the one thing that's like kind of – it irritates me in a way that's like, yes, Wrigley Field is so tough to play defense and especially right field. And Hayward has done that excellent for years. He's still like he's still better than average, but even that has like with his step lost. Yeah. I mean, he's lost a step defensively, and I think he's even he's not as good in right field as he used to be, as far as like you just don't see him making the plays that were like, wow, how did he get to that as much as you used to? And and you know, so then it becomes like Okay, so what is he providing that's like really exceptional? And it has to be the leadership qualities that we don't see. You know, that's just that's all I can really think of because obviously he's a good base runner, or whatever, as far as instincts and smarts go. But 
Um, defensively, now that's going to lead me into this next thing topic, which will also lead us into an injury from tonight. But Morell, I just have this thought too about center field. He had that play early, and it was kind of a tough play that was in between, I think it was Horner and him, or maybe they had the shift on and it was Wisdom. I can't remember exactly, but uh, Morell, you know, didn't get to that ball. He ended up throwing out Votto at second base, getting an outfield assist out of it, padding the stats that way. But Votto shouldn't have went to second base. But that was a misplayed ball, in my opinion, by Morell. And then you see him in the outfield closer to the wall, uh, running back towards the, the ivy there. And he looks like uncertain and tentative. And he made the play. Like, that's just from tonight. I'm seeing that a lot, though, in center field from Morell. And that part of his game, he, yes, he has a great arm. He's throwing 100 miles per hour to home plate or whatever it is. But I'm like, Man, he needs some work, like in the outfield. If he, and that's why it, it's coming becoming more apparent to me. I think why they're leaving him out there so often and not trying him at these other positions because I think they maybe they just want to see like can he or can't he in the outfield. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of it too is is the fact that the infield has such a log jam right now too, and it's probably going to get even worse once Madrigal is is back as well. But now with Bodie maybe hurt, maybe you'll see him more on the infield. Who knows? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw that too. I just think that for the case for him, they're just going to try to find a position for him every night just so he gets at bats. Mm-hmm. And the defense will come. You know, playing, playing the outfield at Wrigley isn't easy because there is no wall to run into. It's It's brick. You know, that's you're running an ivy and brick, and so that's, that's like protection method, I think, on his part. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think too. Also, you know, they're talking about on the south side with you know not running things out to first base. I think a lot of it too is they've they've decided to morale, and maybe they've told him this: Hey, stay healthy. I'd rather you get at bats than you run full bore into a a, a center field wall for our twenty seventh win. You know what I mean? Like that's the, uh-huh. that's kind of the the flip side of this that you start to, you know, if he's out for a month because he's going, you know, full bore in a in a six zero game that you're already up, uh-huh. you know, there's it's t- there's times to do it, and I think too like but he's not thinking about that at, when he's running the bases sometimes like and that's instinctive too right sure. like when he dove into first base that was like. I get scared. Like when you dive into first base, like especially when he kind of pulled his hands up, I'm like, "Uh, don't jam your hand finger or something. Like, I don't know. Uh, I guess. And you mentioned Bodie, you know, uh, getting it's the left shoulder again. It looks like, like, dude, he just had off season surgery. He's been dealing with this since last year, I believe maybe even longer. Uh, It's just nuts. Like, he just cannot catch a break. Like, I'm not saying I want – I think Bodie's a part of the future. I'm not saying that. I don't think that. I just – I was so relieved when Bodie came back compared to Air, which that's the only time I'm going to mention his fucking name on this show tonight, Juice. Uh, that's it. I don't know. Like, Bodie, he was hitting good tonight, too. He hit, he hit a, at least one hit tonight. Um sucks like horner always runs into somebody like inadvertently but like it's always it's either hap it's either bodie it's an umpire like it just sucks that maybe he's going down hopefully magical come back soon um but with that said juice do you have any final thoughts about t- 
tonight's game, and then we're going to go ahead and look ahead to the Boston series. No, it's just good to win two out of three, right? I mean, now you got a tough Boston team coming in. It's good to just stack some victories. You know, we're we're short. We're, we're kind of shorting the the series wins here, but they mean so much for a ball club that's learning how to win, regardless of who the opponent is. These guys still need to win. You know, they still need to feel what it's like and what they need to do to win a baseball game in the MLB. And when they have these teams like the Reds come in, I always say, like, hey, no mercy. Make sure that you're going out there and trying to win because these are the ones you remember. They stick in your mind and, you know, they they start to, you know, gain confidence because they, they win these games regardless of who the opponent is. When, when you're young, you should celebrate every single MLB win like it's your last. And with that said, it's just good to, to see some success for these guys because we could sit here and say lose, lose, lose all year, right, to get the better draft pick, to, you know, have, you know, the 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 development be the top thing. But, you know, you still, to keep the, the clubhouse morale up, you still need to win baseball games. And, and they did tonight and uh, won a series. And hopefully they can uh, continue that momentum against a tough Boston team. Yeah, I mean, Boston, 10 games over 500 from what it looks like here. They are quite a ways back in the division, but only two and a half back of the wild card. So, I mean, every game counts for Boston here, and I love the way you put the the series wins mean something here, even if it is the Reds, right? Like, it still means something. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge. I think it's going to be fun, though, that we're going to be able to have this challenge and see what these young kids can do, especially riding this high. It's not coming off of like a huge losing streak. It's not coming off of being shut out for to nothing. It's not, you know, there's nothing like that. You have the high morale, as you said, coming into this series against Boston. And we'll see what they can do. 120 start Friday, Wrigley Field. Uh, Rich Hill, former Chicago Cubs draft pick that did not pan out, is taking the bump. And what a hell of a career he's turned himself – he's turned out for himself. I mean, like, honestly, I know we were salty about it. Like, I don't know about you, Juice. I feel – I'm pretty salty about him panning out elsewhere. But I'm impressed at the same time that he's been able to last this long because he's in his 40s pitching in ma- major league games and quality games at that. And uh, it's just – it's really impressive, even as, like, heart-wrenching as it is sometimes to see him do it and not do it with the Cubs when he was here and then the injuries and all that. Um, but with that said, he is a 4-4 four and four record, 4.09 ERA, going against a guy who's been very, very efficient in his limited outings this year and innings with the Cubs, at least at the major league level. Adrian Sampson, who has a 1.69 ERA, he's been very damn good on Friday. That's going to be the matchup. Josh Winkowski going on Saturday. That's a nighttime 6.15 start, a 3-1, 3. 3.60 ERA. Alec Mills, ugh, uh, Saturday pitching, which, I mean, good Lord, I don't really want to see him starting games. I do not have the Sunday matchup pulled up in front of me, but Juice, give me your thoughts on this three-game weekend set at home against the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, it'd be nice for them to beat up Rich Hill for once ever. I feel like every time he pitches against the Cubs, he has a, a nice quality start. 
it'd be nice for them to go out and hit the 40 whatever year old that he's I feel like he's like you said he's been in the league for forever um yeah it's tough because you have a team that's streaking right team that's that's playing really really well in the Boston Red Sox but you know come out you know lay it all out there and see what you can do because you know baseball baseball's weird and you got Samson like you said who's been very efficient but uh yeah, I'm excited for the series. I think uh, it's going to be a lot more competitive than most think. Uh, Boston didn't play very good baseball in the beginning of the season, so they're very capable of of, of having a rough week. Um, be competitive. Show some things. You know, it'd be nice for uh, Morrell to get all three starts again and, and go out there and, and show some stuff, and it'd be good to have a nice uh, performance from Samson and uh, hopefully – by the end of the series, we're seeing Seiya Suzuki back in a Cubs uniform because Ooh. I've missed some of that, man. And if he keeps hitting like he's hitting down in AAA like he did today, I'm sure the call-up will be sooner rather than later. That way he has those at-bats at Wrigley and not um, at the AAA level. But, yeah, it'd be cool if uh, that that call-up is made sooner rather than later because I miss watching him play. I really do. And, and uh, I'm excited to watch two historical franchises. You know, at Wrigley Field, I wish I had time this weekend to get out to the ballpark. I will be at the lake, um, enjoying myself, probably listening to uh, Pat and Ron on the uh, on the old uh, radio on the boat. So, uh, yeah, I'll be at the lake, uh, you know, grabbing some sun and having a couple beers and hopefully listening to Cubs win. Uh, 120 tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, 120 tomorrow. Juice, you enjoy yourself on the boat with the radio. I am going to go ahead in celebration of this past series because we don't get to celebrate too often. I forgot to do this earlier. I'm going to go ahead and crack them right now. Um, with that said, we got a lot of right-handed hitters in this lineup. Rich Hill, I know he does pretty well against the Cubs. He's uh, obviously had a hell of a career at this point, but we got a lot of right-handed batters. Give me a fly the W pick for this series, and we'll get take, Rons later. I'm going to take Morrell. I took Horner the last time. I think that – you know, these last two nights have kind of showed morale coming out um, and, and putting it all together. I think that the struggles for a little while there have, have passed, and now we're going to see uh, more positive at-bats from Christopher Morrell. I uh, love the energy he brings, and I hope he brings it this series. I think he'll be pretty amped to play Boston as well, considering that, you know, he is a, a guy who follows baseball history um, and is probably pretty excited to play, you know, against – them and two teams that go way far back in baseball history. So, yeah, man, it'd be cool to uh, see him uh, take Rich Hill yard and uh, let Samson be that, you know, like you said, that efficient, you know, right-handed pitcher that uh, that goes out there and gets some outs no matter how he does it. Um, and uh, hopefully the Cubs are winning two out of three again. It'd be cool to come back to this show next week and uh, – and have uh, two more victories in our uh, in our cap and uh, a series win again. Yeah, that would be terrific, Juice. I think uh, pretty much hit on all cylinders for this show because we had a lot to talk about. Um, we, you know, there was a lot to discuss. We haven't been on a mic in a while. We were supposed to keep this thing to like twenty five minutes. It never fucking happens. I don't know never why happened. we even expected it to happen. Um, with that said, my fly the W pick. I'm going to go ahead and go with the. I'm going to like put an asterisk next to asterisk next to this i'm gonna say nelson velasquez because he's gotten a lot of time here lately hayward on the il 
Uh, I know Crook got in there tonight, but he's going to face a lefty. Probably he's going to be in the lineup, I think, uh, for the first game against Rich Hill. And Crook could be the guy that's going to get sent back down as soon as Say is ready. So I'm going to put this as like a little asterisk. Nelson Velasquez fly the W pick. If Saya comes back in this series, it's Saya Suzuki. I like. That. I think he's. I think he's going to start hot. As soon as he comes back, just like he did, people kind of forgetting about him now, right? Like he hasn't been there for a while. Like he's, I think he's ready to come back and show why this guy was so sought after in the open market because he still has that very, very high ceiling. And people are just, he's been out. So they haven't seen him. And so I think Nelson Velasquez, Nelly V, I like to call him. I kind of tongue in cheek called him Nelson Cruz, but little mini baby Nelson Cruz. But, uh, you know, he still does have a ton of power. That said, Juice, uh, any final thoughts before we go ahead and get out of here? The only way we know how. Nah, man, it was good to get out of mic with you and uh, and talk some baseball. Hope you have a good weekend yourself. Um, I hope everybody celebrates the 4th of July um, safely. You know, we talked about this during Memorial Day. Don't get behind the wheel of the car, a boat, you know, a motorcycle, a bike, whatever. Stay safe. And uh, celebrate with your family and your friends, and uh, but do it uh, safely. I think that that's the the best message to relay for uh, this weekend. And uh, I hope to see uh, everybody at Wrigley Field soon. We're going to get out there for a game and uh, do some live content with some of our fans. Um, I know we've been talking about it, but uh, yeah, man, it was good to get on a mic with you tonight. Absolutely, brother. Let's go ahead and get out of here. We got to kind of promote some things here at OnTap Sportsnet. Check out what's on tap in Chicago sports, ontapsportsnet.com. Check out all the great contributors here at Cubbies on Tap on Twitter, C-U-B-B-I-E-S on Tap. Check out Juice at Juice on Tap, me at Joey Knows Nothing, Ron at Loose on Tap. I'm trying to get smoother with all this. Cubs, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, even the White Sox. Send them our way at ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports content and needs. Uh, promo code ONTAP, Bet Rivers, promo code ONTAP, Deposit match up to 250 bucks. If you like betting on sports, you know why I do it on tap bets and on tap golf. Forgot to shout that one out. Go ahead, do it, right? It's free money. So, Juice, I love what you put. I love the way you put that. Uh, saying stay safe, enjoy yourselves this weekend. Obviously, you know, have a good time. Like, have a good time, but definitely stay safe. We're gonna hit a game here soon. Hopefully, I can check out the South Bend Cubs here in my backyard of Beloit. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it. You know, it's still to be TBD, like cash considerations. But <laughs> let's get out of here the only way we know how. Fuck the Cardinals. Let's go, Cubs.